Hey, hi, welcome to A Pastor and a Rabbi Walking to a Bar. I'm your host, Scott Eastman. Joining me today, as always, is my friend, Sean Hennessy, and my friend, Matt Rosenberg. Say hi, fellas. Hello. Hi, hi fellas. We're, uh, we're coming to you live, not really. We're coming to you recorded at one time uh, from our- uh, Well, we are live. We're, we're live right Which now. is very appropriate for the city that we're in. Right. A little Pearl Jam. Uh, oh, is that a thing? She dreams in colors, she dreams in red. I'm still alive. Don't call me daughter, not fit to be. I'm a, I think 10 might be the greatest rock album of all time. Is Eddie Vedder dead? Jeremy no, he's not dead. Oh, that's the Nirvana guy. Nirvana guy's dead. Soundgarden guy's dead. Nirvana guy. Soundgarden guy's dead. Kurt Cobain. Chris Cornell. I'll yeah. show you his house. Really? Jimi Hendrix is uh, buried here too. Really? Can so, we go for a car so, ride and go so see those Bruce things? Lee. You want to see Bruce Lee's grave? Yeah. Okay. Because anyway, I was about to tell you that we're coming to you live from Bellevue, Washington, from our studios high above old downtown Bellevue. Bruce Leroy is not buried here though, just Bruce Lee. <laughs> Matt's live. Gotta, from Matt's got to leave for the rest Washington. of this episode. So. <laughs> Bro, did you know? Tell me. That it is entirely untrue that you have to pause between eating and swimming. You mean so you don't get cramps? Yeah, it's total nonsense. You could eat an entire meal, jump in the pool, and you will not get cramps because you didn't wait. So let me ask you this. When they say cramps, do they mean like belly cramps or do they mean like yeah. muscular cramps? Because I feel like cramps... Like side cramps, I think. Yeah, because like when we, when I was in the Navy, we would have to... Um, in the Navy. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Reader's Digest says, this don't eat and swim. This it doesn't increase the risk of cramps. Alcohol is the biggest risk increaser. Well, it feels like when you, swimming. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be drunk and swim. Yeah, but a sure. full stomach will certainly make you short of breath, which I can say is generally true in my life. Well, well, I, I feel like it makes you short of breath whether you're I swimming you're or short not. I'm short everything. <laughs> you eat enough food, you're like... <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but there's so many of those, like, old wives' tales. I, I was just going to say, I feel like swimmer's cramp is different than, like, belly cramps. True. Yeah. Mm. They're just not like true. Like, not sitting too close to the television, otherwise you ruin your vision. Right. My vision was already bad. Right. It continues to get worse. Mm. Or your face is going to stay like that. Yeah, if you keep making right. that face, it'll stick that way. Yeah, I'm proof that didn't happen. Or that'll make you go blind. <laughs> I kind of feel right. like, yep. Or grow a hair right. on your palms. Right. Wait, Pearl. what's that? Let's change the subject. Whoa, I don't think <laughs> I've heard that one there, Chief. Slippery slope. I'm almost positive the nuns told me that. Anyway. Bro. <laughs> Wearing eyeglasses unnecessarily could damage your eyesight. Oh, I feel like that's totally got to be a thing. Not true. No, that's got to be true because true. your eyes will adjust to the prescription. Let, here's a good one. Okay. Letting a wound dry out before you fix it. Garbage. Hmm. Don't swallow gum or it'll stay in your stomach for seven years. You heard that one? I have heard that one. Not true. What about if you swallow watermelon seeds? Will it grow a watermelon in your belly? I hope so. Oh. I hate watermelon. Mm. Shut up. I hate Chocolate hate leads to acne. Untrue. Huh. Huh. Shaving makes the hair grow back thicker. I wish that Lies. was true. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of those. Can we go back to watermelon? Because that's the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard. I know. 
Yeah. Why would you well, not like watermelon? Because uh, when I was in college, we got to what we thought was the end of a practice. And uh, they had us running these things. I can't say what they were called, but they're a certain kind of run. They, they're, they're, it's now politically incorrect to call them what, what they were called. But mm. you get everybody in a single file line and then you jog. And then the guy at the end of the line has to sprint to the front of the line. Gotcha. And if Was it called a Polish relay? You're, you're not saying it because it was in nope. front of Polish people? It was called an Indian run. <gasps> yeah, you can't say that, bro. That's why I didn't say it. Way to go, Columbus. Right? Hashtag. Yeah. So if you got passed by the guy behind you in line, right? So like you start running your sprint and then, which is very unfortunate if you have an offensive lineman who's running and then you have a wide receiver who's right. behind him because when, a, when your guy in front of you gets halfway, then you have to go. Oh, and gosh. if you purposely don't pass him, then, so if you get past, you have to run another one. And if you purposely don't pass the guy, you got to run another one. So we ran these for an hour. Wow. And then we thought we were done. And so the coaches brought out these big trash bins filled with watermelon. And we just ate and ate and ate. Yeah. For like 10 minutes, we ate watermelon. And then they made us run those things again for an hour. Oh, my gosh. Did and you hurl watermelon everywhere? Everywhere. And so now to this day, I can't stand watermelon. Mm. Isn't it interesting how getting sick on something will change your perspective yeah, on it? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a sermon in that right there. There is. Tanya, yeah, take some notes. As my son would say, ooh, that'll preach. That'll mm. pre- that dog will hunt. I, yep. like, I like to put salt on my watermelon. Huh. Like you just like get a slice and you put a little bit of salt on it. That's disgusting. My no, dad it's... used to like to put salt on apples, bro. Yeah, that That's too. That's really good. Yeah, that is really or good. Or peanut butter on apples. My daughter does that. Or peanut butter on celery. I love peanut butter and celery without the raisins. Sometimes you put raisins on it, you call it ants on a log. That is disgusting. Yeah, I don't like that. I like anything huh. dipped in peanut butter and anything dipped in ranch. Yeah, I like stuff dipped in ranch. I definitely like anything dipped in peanut butter. Mm. Have you seen the new Reese's that are all peanut butter? What? No. Oh, oh, oh hello. Mm, that sounds good. It's delicious. I'll have it has that. to have something else in it. It's peanut butter covered by peanut butter. It's just butter. the inside. It's two, no two chocolate. different consistencies. Oh. Oh. So it's one, it's a little more, it's the same consistency on the inside and then they put a smoother peanut butter. Gotcha. Mm. That's got like a chocolate-esque yeah. tone yeah. on the outside. Mm. I love Reese's. I love regular Reese's. I, that's, that's the lick to that Pearl Jam mm-hmm. song. And now it's in my head. I like big cups. It sounds like it sounds like a logging song. This is this is a monumental year yeah. actually for for that record. I yeah. believe that record came out thirty years ago this year. Wow, really? Yeah, nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one. I believe it was ninety. It it is it is. It's either it's not twenty five. It's it's August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety one. See, boom. Gosh, that doesn't seem like it should be that long ago. How many albums is that sold? I mean, it's they stopped counting. I know that because the last time I looked, it was like in. This is when I need my friend J.F. Wilkerson. Right, he would they're, know. they're they're still making money off it's that ridiculous. one album. They've sold more than ten million copies. Gosh, that's a lot. Can you listen to that whole album, or are there oh. some songs that are throwaway for you? Every song, mm. I could listen to that record right now and feel like it's as good as as good and as relevant as it was in 91 wow. this says by by 2013 it sold 13 million 
I don't know why so 2013. Jeez, that was eight years ago. It's been certified 13 times platinum. That's unbelievable. Gosh. And you know, they were a, they were a fail. Do you not know the words or does he just oh, yeah. sing? He, he's, he's hard to oh, understand. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> They're familiar. <laughs> I feel like you guys are speaking okay. in tongues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has a few words that you go, I know that one. It's the song <laughs> that comes on when you're at a bar and you say a couple of words and then you take a drink. Because you don't know those words. <laughs> right. And then you put your drink okay. Totally. totally. There's some songs on there, though, that are, oh, my gosh. Yeah, by the, by the time it was on the 25, home. it sold 13 million. This is from Rolling Stone. Uh, it sold 13 million copies. It stands as one of the most iconic records of its era. Error or era? Error. No, era. era. Is that how you era. say era in New York? Era. Of its era. era. Of its era. New era. You just... No, of its era. That's, That's a typo. Mm-hmm. Alive. The song Alive on that album is actually a demo recording. Stop it, bro. <laughs> what other albums That's are like great. that for you? Where you're like, if not every song, at least almost all the songs are solid for you. Any album by Luther. Mm. Here's a good... Wait, Any I'm album. I'm still on Pearl Jam. Listen, Eddie Vedder wrote the lyrics to the song Oceans while locked out of the band's rehearsal space. I like Hill I Song's if, version I wonder if that. Tia knew that he <laughs> wrote Oceans. <laughs> <laughs> Such Christians. <laughs> Even Flow, which is the... Even Flow. Butterflies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it said it took 70, to- 70 times to record that song. I, wow. Because he couldn't understand. Because the they were never satisfied. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Here's the positive and the negative. I mean, it sold probably 20 million copies by now when you have an album that's that good as your debut album. Yeah. How do you top that? Okay, this is the funniest stat. This is funny from Rolling Stone, though. 10 would have topped the US album charts in 1992 if it hadn't been for Billy Ray Cyrus. <gasps> Oh, no, my gosh. My achy, breaky heart. Is that for real? You can understand. Some Gave All by Billy Ray Cyrus spent a mind-boggling 17 consecutive weeks at number one in spring, summer, and fall of 92. And now he's known so, as Hannah Montana's dad. Yeah. So 10 only reached number two four times. It never was a number one record? No. Stop Because it. of Billy Ray Cyrus. Wow. Wow. That is weird. No right? wonder I don't that like is, Billy Ray Cyrus. Right? That guy. Hmm. Sorry, I'm supposed to be leading, but I was just cameo, trying to... <laughs> did that cameo. I wanted to Old find Town out where, that, where that, those I numbers... I do like him in Old Town Road, though. Oh. I'm take oh, yeah. my paws down in Old Town Road. I'm going to ride to Cano. That's actually yeah. the Billy Ray Cyrus line. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's the other guy that sings. Yeah. Is it Lil Nas? Yeah. Lil Nas. Yeah. Does he actually... Is he a musician, or is that just like a one-off? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got an album, I'm no, sure. No, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, that's a huge song. I mean, he has a Super Bowl commercial, so. Yeah, he does. So Sean was saying that anything by Luther is almost an all-good album. Oh, yeah. Matt, do you have anything like that? Like, is there an album that you're like, oh, yeah. Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Joel. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to previous right. podcasts for Why that. did it become a why? Oh, boy. <laughs> Jewish. Uh, any band that I like that any way? Any record that any you record. like that way. Mm. 
can't think of any off the top of my head. So here are the top 10 albums of all time. Mm-hmm. This is also, no, this is from USA Today. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm trying to get to it. Uh, number 10 is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It's a pretty good one. Number nine, so Bob good. Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. I'm not a Bob Dylan fan. Mm, but have, you've heard his, his uh, Saved album, right? That's a good album. Yeah, it is a good album. <laughs> I'm not a Tom so Petty good. fan either, though. So yeah. the, I want to be a Tom Petty fan. I love I Tom just, Petty. Tom Petty, the poor man's Bob Dylan. Yeah. Number eight. He's not poor. Here, 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 here. That's my Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. <laughs> Number eight is Prince's Purple Bob, Rain. Bob Dylan is Jewish. Purple Rain. So he's a Messianic Jew? Some would say. Right? Because I mean, he's still following Jesus. Yeah. For sure. Hit me up, Bob. Yeah. Stone Cold Dead when I walked out of the womb. That's what the line from Saved. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. So good. Stone Cold Dead. So good. Number, uh, so number six was Purple Rain. Number seven is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, that's a number good six one. is Nirvana with Nevermind. Number five Straight is The Beatles. Abbey Road, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. Oh, that's that whole record, top to bottom, is ridiculous. Number three, Joni Mitchell Blue. Number two, The Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. Oh, yeah. Nope. Pet Number sounds. one. You don't like The Beach Boys? Nope. <sighs> Pet Sounds is pretty dope. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? The number one album oh, of all time. It's going it's good on. Album. So that, that uh, Pearl Jam album's not on there at all. Well... I'm just what saying. Was that the top ten? That's what I just said. Yeah, but okay. I'm just saying. Okay. I would much context. rather listen to Pearl I Jam love... than Beach Boys or Bob Dylan or the Beatles. The, oh, bro, come on. Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul. There's it's, some good Beatles albums, but Rubber I just, Soul is an incredible album. The White Album's a great album too. I mean, it is. Yellow Submarine. Mm. I, I feel like the I Be- never got behind. I feel like the submarine. Beatles are one of those bands that they're like a movie that you say you don't like until you start talking about that movie with other people, and then you yeah. quote the movie like and Napoleon you don't even Dynamite know. or Coming to America Two. Right. right? Did you see that? You don't even know. I did, and I thought Coming to America Two. I was like, man, I, I didn't like it. And then Alan Griffin and I started talking about it, and we started talking about scenes in it, and I was like, yeah, it was really funny. Huh. <laughs> I've not tried to watch it yet. I really like the first one. Like, I remember loving I that a lot. Go back and watch the first one, one before you watch the second one. You guys yeah. are older than me. I feel like that came out when I was still a baby. Shut your face. Yeah, right now, or I'll shut it for you. How old are you? 41. Well, I'm only 46. Only. That's enough. For, am I 46 or 47? I feel like you're 47. I think I'm 47. I'm at that age where you got to go, wait a minute, carry the two. Yeah. Like, I'm mm-hmm. 1973, <laughs> and it's 2000. What was the first record album you ever bought? Public Enemy. Oh. Uh, Fear of a Black Planet. Mm. The, the Chronic. <laughs> the Chronic is dope. Is but, an incredible album. Yeah. Have is you that also in? Public Enemy? Dr. No, that's Dre. Dr. Dre. And the introduction of the D-O-double-G. Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die is kind of top to bottom a great record too. Right. Like that's iconic. Yeah. Biggie. Mm. Big. Yeah, that documentary on Netflix. Notorious. They just did that new documentary. Oh, yeah, uh, super good. On on the Baby on Biggie? Biggie Smalls. That's yeah, really good. It was very interesting. I actually thought that the movie Notorious was really good, too. The one that, like, it was the, yeah. there was an actor, obviously, that played him. But this this one is, there's, like, Big had, a, like, a friend who videoed everything oh wow like from before right. he those was videos famous. were crazy like the stuff that they were recording like where they're playing right. in a it's club, like a little camcorder 
They got pictures of him freestyling on the street corner, crushing people, bro. Like yeah. he was an incredibly educated human being right. who took that and his, his knowledge of words. He went to a private school, right. was highly educated, and then got into selling drugs. And mm -hmm. then he was on the street corner rhyming. And he, he rhymed like no one. And, and what he did was interesting in the documentary is he was being mentored by a professional jazz musician, his saxophone player, who that was like a world-class so jazz musician. And he said that, that he would like, he wanted Biggie to be Christopher Wallace, to be a jazz musician. Right. And so he said what, what Big did is he would take that, that offbeat drum his, rhythm of a jazz thing right. and he would rhyme over his that. His rhymes so were jazz. Yeah, they were, and so they were a different cadence. They were different then. Yeah. Wow. And it changed the game. Like rap has changed totally. since he was in it. So like back then it was very staccato. Yeah. Right. You know, like if even if you go back and listen to some of the, I mean, legendary, the Big Daddy Kings, yeah, that jazz the Curtis piece, Blows. The, that jazz piece was super cool. Changed, bro. Everything wow. changed. Wow. Yeah. And he became famous so fast. Right. Which is interesting because some of those bands, like when you talk about like a Nirvana, like a Nirvana blew up like super fast. And I and think, think like, J-Lo was there when, when he died. Really? I think J-Lo was in the car. I did not know that. That yeah. wasn't in the documentary. I don't think it was. Hmm. I'll have to look at But up. he would sample songs that, so like he was, his, his mom's was from Jamaica so that he would go back and that's in Jamaica that's, I didn't know this until the documentary. That's right. part of the culture, this kind of battle rap kind of thing. But they right. don't call it rap. So there. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. he just kind of, he just had a different vibe to him. Yeah. And he just became one of the biggest stars in the world. So fast. And, and then gone so fast. So fast. Why was there a, like, what, what's the, what was the, like, the conflict between East Coast and West Coast? Like, why was there, like, why was there animosity? Well, the East Coast invented rap. Right? It was invented in New York, for Every, sure. Because everything's invented in New York. Yeah. Mm. But then it, they would say- You it was were invented in, in New York. <laughs> Actually, I was born in Oregon. So oh, yeah, that's story, right. But. It was invented in- So, New, so they'd say it started in New York, but it was perfected on the West Coast. Oh. So the West, that's what the West Coast guys would think. Like the West Coast- Right, and they said in like that a, documentary, there was a gap. There mm -hmm. were so many albums coming out from the West Coast that- Biggie kind of brought it back to the East Coast. Yeah, but the West Coast kind of created their own kind of feel, right? Yeah. Dr. Dre changed the game out here, so. I see. I mean, he's no Sir Mix-a-Lot, <laughs> who is a Seattle right. rapper, by the way. Right. So it feels like I'm not, uh, you know, rap slash hip-hop slash person. Like, I don't have a lot of understanding of that, but it feels like... <laughs> Is that the understatement of your life? Yeah. What? Why well, do you, you got to be that way? Rap uh, slash I'm not a rap slash hip hop kind of guy, guys. You know. <laughs> I didn't say it that way at all. You guys are jerks. You didn't. You, oh, you didn't Please intend to say that. I'll way, take my latte on the veranda. <laughs> anyway, it feels like uh, Eminem. Like uh, his rhythm was different than what had been being what had been done. Totally, Detroit. Yeah. He has a different flow. Oh. You're from he's the same neighborhood, he's right? Kind of, he's kind of a. You're from like the same neighborhood? Then. No. As Eminem? I'm from the same town, but not the same. Oh, you're not from Eight Mile? Sorry, I'm drinking a. Yeah, that's okay. You're not from Eight Mile? <laughs> a cool, refreshing drink? Are you from like Six Mile? No. Four and a half mile? <laughs> that's from an. You know that cool, refreshing drink? That's from an Eddie Murphy stand up. It is. Lemonade. Lemonade. <laughs> that cool, cool, refreshing, refreshing drink. drink. 
I like the Dan, that's how cool. Dana Carvey chopping broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time I could redo that whole album, that chopping whole Eddie broccoli. Murphy album. I oh. could I could have recited. Was it Delirious album. or Raw? See, I always get him confused. I think it was Delirious. I think Raw was like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? Like oh, I feel like dude. Raw got really raw. <laughs> I could do the whole Cosby as himself, but we're not allowed to talk about him anymore. Yeah, isn't that too bad? No, listen. I well, was it's too th- bad what he did. I know. Yeah. Again, see, this goes back to the thing. Do yeah. we talk I don't about think the talk about is too bad? I think what he did is it is bad, Woo! but it is still frustrating that you can't get the Cosby Show on one of the funniest, online anymore, bro. Yeah. One of the funniest bits on his album is he does this whole thing where he says, he says, "Growing up, my brother and I thought our names were Jesus Christ and damn it." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't damn because it. My it was, dad, no, it was it was. I thought it was GD. No, no, it's Jesus Christ and, and, and damn it. Damn and it, he says, Bobby. My, he said, "Damn it, sit down." And Jesus Christ, you gotta right. And then he said, one day he was out in the yard, and his dad yelled, "Jesus Christ, get in here!" And he goes, "But dad, oh damn it!" <laughs> it is the funniest bit. There's a lot of good bits on those albums. Uh, like, so oh, yeah. good. I, yeah. I literally, this past week. But it's my, hard to listen to, man. And it's, no. It is now. Well, I don't know. It's my, hard to listen to now. My son wanted to go thrifting. Because he was doing that stuff then, too, like all along. Mm. That's, that's rough. Well, it's, you may look at me differently, but I just bought a Bill Cosby record this past week called I Started Out as a baby or something like that and right. i bought a dvd of the 10 best cosby show episodes oh really where could you get that i got it at a thrift store uh, cost me a dollar cost wow. me a dollar there it is reduced i always think about on the cosby reduced, show reused recycles so i always think about those Seattle. like where they would do a song you know what i mean like where they would oh, yeah. like mouth out a song or whatever like uh those are always my favorites like i love those like and then rudy would come out and she'd like you know like do like the big part you know it was just oh, yeah, he was a big jazz fan like yeah. he always oh, had yeah, the jazz dude and they and remember the guy yeah, the guys would come on and he would dance yep. and challenge yeah, yeah. and they would oh, yeah. and bill cosby would always do like the really weird tap challenge. dance thing i say that all the time bro challenge i thought it was funny like in season one theo's name was teddy for the whole first season but then they changed it to theo for the every season that came out i didn't know that they called him Teddy. Theodore Huxtable. Malcolm yep. Jamal Warner. Yep. Right. He was just on something. And then Lisa Bonet's still newsworthy, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's newsworthy because isn't she married to Jason Momoa? She is. basically my body double. And before yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. He looks exactly like me, to but Lenny totally different. Kravitz, bro. She was married to Lenny Kravitz. Wow. Zoe Kravitz. That's her daughter. She likes a gnarly dude, apparently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. She was in a movie just after the That's Cosby's, true. like after she left. Wait, oh, Lenny, that was wait a minute. Are you talking Lenny about? Lenny Kravitz is it. a skinny Jason Momoa. I could see that. <laughs> he's pretty ripped, though. He was just on the cover of Men's yeah. Health, and he's like jacked. Yeah. No, he totally Lenny Kravitz is. Another guy who looks like me, but different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like you, bro. Are you going to totally go my different. way? Yeah. He looks like me when I close my eyes. By the way, oh, well, it was his greatest hits. Yeah, I was going to say his album, but. His greatest hits album is great. Yeah, it's almost like it's all of his best music. Yeah, it's sort of like they put it, it's like they put it together for a specific purpose that's eluding me at the moment. But okay, listen, this is a funny story. So I was Sunny and I were somewhere and we're walking. I think it's through a like a pastor's convention or something. And this guy was walking towards us. He was an incredibly handsome guy. This built, had the yep. chin, the tan. He was muscular. He was like probably 6'5". Gosh. Like 240 pounds of just perfection. And I looked at Sonny and I go, that's what I look like with my eyes closed. And she said, me too. 
Yeah, well, I met uh, Tempest. Tempest Bledsoe was Vanessa Huxtable on the Cosby. Yes. Oh my gosh. I met her. Uh, she was they, my dad used to sell fitness equipment back in the day in New, in uh, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. And they did a shoot at his office for like Seventeen magazine. Oh wow! And and uh, you know my dad. I rode my bike over there and I got a picture of me sitting in her lap, hanging out with her. Wow. Oh yeah, sitting in her lap. Well, you know, jungle fever. I was like, hashtag what? Nope, that's that's a thing. It was a movie. Super. Yeah, but you can't say that. Though. I can't say it. I got jungle fever. See, you can't sing it. You got jungle well, he's fever. Just singing a song. That's a Stevie Wonder song. I didn't say yeah, it. You yeah. said it. You. you can't. I don't. No. You got jungle fever. It was no. a Spike Lee movie. Yes. But I had a forty no. acres, forty acres and a mule shirt for a while. No. That is a great name for a company. Let me tell you something right now. Super Do the smart. right thing. I, it's such a great movie. Mm. I watched Radio Rocky. Mo Betty Blues Radio is a really Rocky. good soundtrack. Like oh, yeah. that soundtrack. That's a good movie, too. Yeah. Yep. That was Denzel, right? Yep. And yeah. Spike Lee. Yeah. That was good. Did you so, Mal- did f- Malcolm X too? Spike Lee do that oh, movie? Oh yeah, man, that's a great that's movie. That's a crazy with, movie with uh, Denzel. Denzel. Yeah. He played a great Malcolm X. So good. Uh, I'm gonna tell you who plays a great Malcolm X. I don't know his name, but he's in the the gangs of. Is it called the Gangs of Harlem? It's the Godfather of Harlem. The Godfather of Harlem. Such a great. Another show. Denzel, right? Nope, Forrest Whitaker. For it's a mm. it's a show. They've had a couple of seasons, oh, and there is a guy I who see. plays Matt. Oh, it's so good. There's Forrest one. Whitaker, another guy. Yeah. Phenomenal. Lazy yep. eye and all. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> From a fellow lazy eye guy, because I got one. You do not. I do. Not I've never like seen him. it. I watch you all the time. I've never seen it happen. Ask, ask Sonny. It happens. Ask yeah. my You kids. get that crooked mouth you thing know. sometimes, so like for you've sure. had a stroke. Like I've had Bell's <laughs> palsy. Have, you you have a look of uh, someone who had a stroke. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, being from New Jersey, did you grow up like being a mafia movie fan? For sure. Yeah. My my mom's family's all Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Sicilian or no Italian? Yeah, but isn't that like the same? I don't think it's the same no. thing. See, isn't that such a racially yeah ignorant no yeah that's it's like saying jungle fever are a whole nother thing. It is part of Italy. It's oh, part of the, it's, yeah, it's part of the mafia thing. There's like, there's but like there's one Sicilians. family. Is like the Sicilians are the the like, yeah, m- much more violent. Yeah, you're either Italian or or Sicilian. Like in The Godfather, he goes back to Sicily. To Sicily, yeah. yeah. He doesn't go to Venice. That's true. Oh my gosh, that yeah. movie. No, oh, those. So I mean, good. aside from the murder parts of the of those movies, those are all my relatives. Wow. They all talk. That's all real. Like the yeah, way yeah. they talk is. Do real. they say things like "bafungu" and? Totally. Wow. Wow. Yeah. My Grammys. Yeah. Say that. My Grammys like to say that, that word a lot. <laughs> is that a swear word? Did they just swear yeah. on our podcast? I don't even know. Totally. Fungula is like yeah. the F word, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, kidding! Sorry, I said that. Yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite? I mean, do you have a favorite mafia movie? And don't be chintzy either. Don't like go cheap and go, oh, the Godfather. Although, unless I mean, it is. If it is, then. Uh, I mean, the Godfather Part 2 is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. As well. Part 3 is really good. I mean, they're all really good. See, That's I feel the like, lesser of the three, though. Right. But it's, like not it, though. A, it's not as bad as like Indiana Jones Part 4. Like, that was bad, bad, bad. No, so that, that, was, that doesn't exist. Yeah. They're coming back with another Indiana Jones. Yes. That one should be okay. But Crystal Skull, I don't even count. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite? Sorry, we're Terrible. still on. I was just saying the movies. mafia movies. Uh, for me, I don't know. I kind of like uh, Goodfellas is pretty great. I really like Goodfellas. I kind of like Donnie Brasco actually. Oh. I thought that was a pretty good. Film. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wasn't that the first time that Pacino and De Niro were in the same movie? No, Heat. No. Heat. heat. Oh, that's it. Bro, that's a great movie. Heat is, Val Kilmer's in that, That's too. another one of those movies we talked about last I'm episode. Your that I got to go back and I got to watch that again now. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the black hockey masks on? Well, you they just were... switched, but to- Tombstone. <laughs> that is a great movie. I did switch. Too. That, that's a top Western for me, for sure. Yeah. That's your top Western? Tombstone? Yeah. For sure. I don't, I don't know what's better. What's better? Man, I really like Wild Wild West. I like true, I like true, I like True Grit, but the, the new True Grit one, or the John the Wayne True Grit. One. We did that last time. <laughs> the, the Legend of Josie Wales, like yeah, he got like some old. I would say, I would say maybe Tombstone is a really good modern. Tell Western him I'm flick. coming. It's and no hell's, hell's coming, coming with me. me. It's no Bone Tomahawk. I can tell you that. Mm. <laughs> Have you guys seen Bone Tomahawk? <laughs> it's like the worst. It's so that bad. sounds like movies I'm not allowed to watch <laughs> late at night. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. It sounds like a movie you get in your hotel room. <laughs> right. no, it's, that you pay extra for. That you don't, and the and the title doesn't show up on the bill. <laughs> when you hand the receipt and you go, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know <laughs> Why did you watch Bone Tomahawk <laughs> seven <laughs> times yeah, in a row? It doesn't sound right. <laughs> No, it's got a. It's 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 not Kurt Russell. It's uh, maybe it is not Kurt Russell. I've never heard of this movie at all. Bone it's, Tomahawk. He, it's a guy who's in a bunch of like Western movies, oh. and the principle is that it's there's some, a Tomahawk. The, the people that are they're uh, cannibals, and I he see. has to like rescue somebody. From gotcha. Them. It is Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, I liked uh, um, Unforgiven. That oh, great. with yeah. Morgan Freeman and yeah. how could you lead with Morgan Freeman? It's got Clint Eastwood. Well, in I know, it. but I mean, obviously, it's got Clint Eastwood in it. I just meant to say it's got Morgan Freeman in it as well. Morgan Freeman's in the new Coming to America, by the way. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Is he, he good? He has a hilarious. Bit. Oh, I love that. He has a hilarious bit. He's the he's the narrator for the king's funeral. Spoiler that's alert! So that's funny. <laughs> His line is the. When you watch it, you'll go, that's the line. I won't even say the line. And when you watch it, you're going to go, that's the line he was talking about. I want to go back to Lisa Bonet. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because she was in a movie because she left Cosby and she did her own spinoff series, right? Uh, um, A Different World. world. Yeah. Yeah. It's different With Dwayne Wayne. With Dwayne Wayne. And she ended up leaving that show. And it was after she left that show that she made a movie with... Mickey Rourke. Yeah, super inappropriate. Angel Heart yeah, with Bob De Niro. Watch that, bro. Bob De Niro is Satan. Mm. It's such a foul movie. Though. Oh, though. But I mean, Bob De Niro is Satan. Gosh, that was good. No, man. The best Satan is Al Pacino. Devil's Advocate. Oh, Devil's Advocate. Which is another movie. Yeah, you, you can't watch that. That's that like that lady over there. You can't watch Gary. that. The towel lady. Yeah. You can't watch that. That's yeah. a movie you watch once and then you put that away. Yeah, that was Charlize Theron. I don't know whose who bathwater I would drink. Okay, Alan Griffin. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, that was a throwback. <laughs> One of our older episodes. <laughs> bathwater I would drink. That is so gross. He said, "I would drink her dirty bathwater." Yeah. That is so gross. So gross. But I want to go. Look, can we just visit this Cosby thing again for a second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know, sometimes when when we realize something about someone, like it comes out in the news, mm-hmm. and we're like. Like most recently for us anyway, as it applies to this episode, uh, recently there's been a couple. One in our world, Ravi Zacharias, and one yeah. in the popular world, Dr. Seuss, right? People are like, oh, I can't believe that Cardi B is on the Grammys and winning awards and we're canceling Dr. Seuss because rah, rah, rah. And so if, if we realize that someone did something bad or is a bad person, does that 
eliminate the good in the things that they'd done. So like all, like for the longest time, when it came to apologetics, like Ravi Zacharias, like that was like, he was like, you know, yeah. like with a small G, but he was like a God, right? Like he was like, oh my gosh, Brilliant. he's so smart, so talented with how could, he could explain things. But it turns out he was a piece of crap, right? That he was abusing women and he was, I don't know, it was just, it was ugly. And like, I think about Dr. Seuss, right? Like he, like not all of Dr. Seuss is canceled. Just like some books were some of, cause he was a, I didn't know this. He was a political cartoonist before he was a children's huh. book author. I didn't know yeah, that he was. Like during world war two. And so like he would, you know, draw pictures of Japanese people. And you remember those political cartoons where they'd over-exaggerate or even like Jewish people, right? Like, the, you know, like it was that kind of propaganda. Yeah. And so if you look at some of these books that that they've elected not to publish anymore and they show like an Asian dude and he's all over-exaggerated as an Asian dude. You're like, yeah, this makes sense. We can't, it's not worth having this book if it's going to hurt people's, you know, like it's not going to hurt a culture. So I guess what I want to talk about for a second is just this cancer culture. Like does, does when we find out that someone did something bad, like, like Bill Cosby, should I never ever listen well, to another Bill Cosby album? Okay. But the Dr. Seuss thing is a little different. Okay. And I think it's more nuanced than people want it to be. Because the publisher elected not to continue to publish a few books. Right. They're not burning books. There was nobody who canceled them from that. Like, nobody said, we got to cancel Dr. Seuss. And then there was a movement. And then they, the publisher just said, um, there's some depictions of different people in these books that well, we're just not going to publish anymore. Of course, you know, they're not going to, they're not their big sellers. Right. Uh, which is also, it's yeah. really a business decision. Yeah, it's not green eggs and ham. Right. right. Uh, well, but it still did create a, a backlash among people where some people are like, well, I'm, then I don't want to, if he was this, then I don't want to read that or I don't want to. Yeah, talk but about I saw more, anymore. I saw more of people saying we shouldn't cancel Dr. Seuss, but nobody was actually suggesting that, I think. But that's that. what we do. Like, we don't get the full story. Yeah. And then we just like, we respond to the news that we heard over oh, canceling Dr. Seuss. Like, we're not going to dig into it. I'm not going to read a story about it. I just know that I saw it in a headline. Okay. But let me ask you this, because you just said, you know, something about someone in Ravi Zacharias was a little, little, little G God when it came to the apologetics world. But then you so matter of factly just skimmed over the fact that you said, and then we found out he was a piece of crap. But we don't know that he was a piece of crap. If somebody, just because somebody does a bad thing, does that make them a bad person? Or is, is it like, like this dude, like Robbie Zacharias, he had like a million good things about him, yep. but he had this one thing that he couldn't overcome. And you go, yes, it was a ridiculously deplorable thing. But yep. does that define him now in perpetuity That's for the rest of his life, right? So then- then you just look at, well, what would be the thing that if people found out about me that would be deplorable to them? 100%. And then like last episode, we talked about the fact that we don't have enough people in our lives who will lovingly speak truth to us. And who was it that didn't lovingly speak truth into his life or who didn't know? Or did he feel trapped in the fact that he had this temptation, that he had this this thorn in his flesh, if you would, and he didn't feel like he could, like, I just, I just went... This past week to a meeting in Houston, Texas, where I appeared before what would be like the Grand Council of the Assemblies of God for South Texas District as the executive presbytery. And these are the guys that make the decisions at an executive level. And I, I went to them because, you know, 15 years ago, I had an issue that had to be confronted and I avoided it. Uh -huh. and, and rather than me confront it then, I had to confront it later. But what I wanted them to know 
was that I have confronted this issue. And I went through all of the counseling. I went through, I had some financial issues way back in the day. And I wanted them to know, like I've confronted that. I've repented of that. So I called the, the district superintendent, the guy who was my boss at the time, who was in charge. His name is Joe Granberry. He pastored Green's Bayou Assembly of God in Houston, Texas for years. <laughs> was on the, he was on the radio for 40 years. Wow. So I called Brother Granberry. I, I made his life difficult. So I called him. I said, hey, Brother Granberry, this is Sean Hennessy. Do you have a minute? I just want you to know, you know, like 15 years ago, I was working for you and I spent some money that I shouldn't have spent. I, I mismanaged funds. But I want you to know, I recognize that that was wrong of me to do that. And I just wanted to call you and tell you I love you, tell you that I'm sorry, and ask you to forgive me. Bro, this was Joe Granberry's response to me. Well, Sean, I must have already forgiven you because I don't even remember what you did. Gosh. Talk about a difference between a cancel culture and a forgiveness culture. Yeah, a grace culture. Like he... Like he, like when I got on the phone with them, I haven't talked to him in 15 years. I said, hey, Brother Granberry, this is Sean Hennessy. He goes, oh, Sean, it's so good to hear from you. Mm. Now, how many of us, we don't pray because we think we're so deplorable, we're such a piece of crap, that if we were to approach the throne, God would be like, you piece of trash. Yeah. And I think, I think, when we come to him with the repentant heart, like I did to Joe Granberry, God looks at us and he goes, oh, Scott, it's so good to hear from you. And so as much as I hate what Ravi Zacharias did or Bill Cosby did, or I, I think all of them, I don't want to justify what they did. I think it's all deplorable. But at the same time, I go, I wish I would have known. Like, who do I have in my life? who is doing a Bill Cosby or Ravi Zacharias thing right now that I go, huh, Holy Spirit, would you direct me to somebody who's in my life? And somebody might be listening to this who knows us. Yeah. Who, who you, may, you may just say, bro, why don't you like call Matt? You've been knowing Matt for years. You went to college with Matt. There's somebody who went to college with Matt who, like I'm going to sound prophetic right now, right? I feel like it's like there's somebody who went to college with Matt who is addicted to pornography and they're going to hear this and they need to call Matt and they need to say, bro, I was listening to the thing and I got a problem and I don't like, I don't want you to put it out on social media, but I need you to help me. That's how we avoid a cancel culture by having a culture around us that like you said, is, is this grace culture that just says like, I don't think that I don't have to go back and listen to the apologetics that Ravi Zacharias laid out. I don't think by doing a bad thing, it makes you a bad person. And that might not be a very pastoral thing to say, but. I mean, I think my struggle is if you preach repentance and no secrets, but you have secrets and you don't repent. Tough. Um, I'm not really interested in anything he has to say anymore Mm. because it went even to the grave. Now, I don't know what God does, right? I'm not God. None of us are God. We can't speak to whether God receives somebody in, you know, we all want to be the judge who goes to heaven and hell, right? But God's a judge who judges justly and 
you know, I, I, I hope the Lord welcomed him, welcomed him into his kingdom. But if, you know, if we don't live what we preach, I mean, everybody's got things, mm-hmm. right, where we haven't. We all have moments. But if you're not surrounding yourself, not just for pastors and preachers, but you got to surround yourself with people who tell you the truth, and you have to surround yourself with people you can tell the truth too. There's your key, the and second you, part. And there. if you don't, um, you know, the little G God thing is a general problem, right, in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we put people on pedestals and we hold people up as if they're Jesus. Yeah. And we're not, and they're not. So the people that get super messed up, like it crushes their faith that their hero turns out to not be someone worth following, but they give up on Jesus because of that person. Mm-hmm. Like the issue is, Maybe you were holding that person in too high esteem, but at the same time, there's things that are are. Um, I mean, particularly for preachers. But I, th- you know, I, I mean, think about we his get teaching. canceled over something we did. You know, like there's stuff I did when I was 14 that somebody could cancel me out for. Yeah, but it's different than if I was still doing those things now and preaching for all of the years that I've preached while continuing to do those things and never repented for those things and am justified. And if know. I find a YouTube video from Ravi Zacharias that yeah. addresses the exact question that someone asks me, yeah, right about like tell me how this works then, and the, like this Ravi Zacharias thing is perfect, like yeah. spot on, yeah, and I share it with that person, yeah, like I feel like. Like I shouldn't not do that. Yeah, I, I feel like it, he, I don't think it makes things untrue. Like certainly not everything he said was untrue, but well, there's a line T.D. Jake said years ago. Somebody had just fallen in the Christian world. I can't remember who it was, but somebody was interviewing Bishop Jakes, and they asked them like, "How do you justify this?" And Bishop Jakes said, "Well, you ain't got to be saved to be anointed." Hmm. And I was like, "Dang!" I said God will right. speak to whoever you need Him to speak through, but you don't need to you don't need to posterize that person. Yeah. Just because of something that they've said. Well, and I, I mean, I grew up, we grew up Pentecostal, right? I grew up Pentecostal, yeah. you grew up Pentecostal. And the, the Pentecostal idea of anointing mm. and everything that comes around that, like he is God's anointed. Yeah. And you got a you got an armor bearer who comes and puts your Bible yeah. out for you because carries your towel. You know, car- mm. like like there's there's applications of um I just it, it's hard. F- I think people that come out of those worlds, you know, the issue isn't just the person, it's the system around the person, it's the belief that sets up. Right. And I, I totally get that. Like, Ravi should have been corrected, right? I wish, he, like you said, I wish someone knew. Well, I think but- genuine, I, th- I mean, it sounds like legitimately nobody knew around him. And that's a like yeah, I, so what I'm saying he is he was de- uh, he was deceiving. So saying does everyone. it disqualify everything that he has to say? Right. And I don't think that it does. I think that the, yeah. that the information that he 
had? No. How much of the information that he had was available to us without him that we just didn't want to put in the heavy lifting mm-hmm. that he put in to be yeah. able to access that information? Because let's be sure. clear, you can't be you can't be a teacher of apologetics and be the one who made it up. Right. He didn't make up that nope. stuff. He just communicated that stuff differently than anybody else. And maybe yeah. it was more palatable. Maybe it was more systematic. Maybe it was more organized. Obviously it was because you can't go into Harvard and Yale and Colgate and speak Right. Rallies and make those people like have their mind be blown. But, you know, to the point of somebody who who continually struggles with something like we don't know. And and this will be a two point point. We don't know the struggle that he went through. Right. So he may be a person who every time he did something like that, he felt this like deep disgusting feeling and he laid on his face and cried and repented and then he you know, he just couldn't give in. You know, oh my God, I said, again, and for yeah. the 422nd time, you know, I did this, oh my God. But to the point that Matt made, then that that cat should have excused himself from ministry a long time ago. Yep. Right. Like Ravi Zacharias could have went and made a living doing anything he wanted. He could have been a college professor and taught sociology or anything that he wanted. And I understand that he had a calling. And but that calling, like that has to come with a sense of of awe and wonder that I think sometimes we lose. And when you look to the Pentecostal movement, like Matt's talking about, and it's not any slight to them, but but part of that culture is that if you are very charismatic, and I don't mean charismatic like you speak in tongues, but like charismatic as in magnetic. If yeah. you're somebody who can speak, if you're somebody who can who can really carry a room, then suddenly you're elevated. And you're and, and this is one of the problems th- that I had when I was a young pastor is I've always been magnetic. I've always had a proclivity to be able to draw a crowd, to be very well-spoken. I don't stumble over my words. I don't say, um, I don't say, ah, I'm very well thought out. I'm, an, I'm a highly educated person and I promote and present myself in that way. But that doesn't mean that I'm anointed. That just means I'm gifted. Yeah. And I'm talented. But if you can figure out a way to take those two things and marry them together, like that's what I'm trying to do right now. Like I'm trying to figure out how can I marry those two things together? And it is, I have surrounded myself with people who love me enough to speak to me, who like I said about my son last episode, right. who right. says, you when, you come off of a, when you come off of a flight, why are you cranky? Right. Like yeah. I need to hear that and I need to listen to that and I need to process that and I need to change that. But the but the the natural tendency for people who are highly successful, and I don't know that this is true about Ravi, but maybe it was, is that even if you have somebody like that in your life and they say things to you, your natural inclination rather than lose your kingdom is to move that person out. Yeah. Right. Well, and this is the thing, right? It's the extremes. I think extremes are always, I, th- I think truthfully, things are not either or, they're both and. Yeah. Right? Absolutes, They're, right, yeah. When, when we start like just shutting everything down because, well, he's not who I thought he was, so I'm not going to think about him anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you you know, but I mean, for, for the sake of his, what seems like a growing number of victims, uh, I mean, I think it's right. Like their Ravi Zacharias Ministries International is changing their name. right. You know that's their decision, mm-hmm. and it's a decision that makes sense because it's it's just it's too hard for all of them. It's too hard for the victims. It's too hard, and you know I don't want to judge every minister who has a ministry named after himself. Right, but 
I do feel I've said to some of my friends and leaders, if I ever suggest Matt Rosenberg Ministries, just just stop. Yeah. Please stop me. Yeah. Like I because I'm not that's you know, I'm trying to preach the gospel. I'm not trying to make myself So when they change the name of R V I M, right? Yeah. So do they do they delete every sermon, every message, every talk, every Well they they gotta figure that out. Right. I mean, I think that's their decision to make, but yeah. I think we have, you know, we, we have to be, it's both sides. I think for, 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 I think for in many situations and for a long time, because of the ideas of round anointing and because of, you know, I think, and because we put people on pedestals, we end up protecting what they left behind rather than caring about the people who are actually hurt. And yeah. You know, I think we just got to be really careful in now at the same time, I think we jump to I think in a in the social media culture that we're in. And I feel I don't know if you feel this, but I feel the pressure to have to speak to everything that happens immediately. Yeah. Which is why I never speak to anything that happens. Because if you don't, um, then you're judged. And if you do, you're you're judged by some. And, you know, and I think we speak too quickly on things, you know, like a whole bunch of people jumped on the the Ravi thing immediately. And it was like, well, they got to do a thing, you know. But once the research is done and the independent law firm has gone through it and their report's out, and if you look at their report, it's bad. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. way worse than we yeah. thought. You know, so at that point, when you have all the information, you can say, I mean, you know, I think going back to other conversations we've had in other podcasts, I think... Uh, you know, I think everybody has to choose for themselves whether they're going to listen to the guy or use his materials or continue to promote and read his books. You know, the the struggle is when you feel, you know, if I were to say, look, Ravi just doesn't do it for me anymore in terms of yep. his material, the moment I say, and he should, and nobody should, well, then who are you? Yeah. You know, like... You got to let each person decide for themselves what the th- how they're going to carry those things. That's good. Well, you said in the last episode that the one thing that Jesus didn't do is he never came out. And now this is a different context than what yeah. I'm about to say, but when you said Jesus didn't come out, just give an opinion. Yeah. Because like he is the opinion. Yeah. Right. But like I've spent the last eight years of my life being committed to not sharing my opinion, which is why I don't share a lot of stuff on social media, because here's the thing that I've discovered about every situation and circumstance is that time changes everything. You never, let me retract that. You seldom have all the information up front. Right. So here's a very practical situation. We're all, if we watch the news, one of the cycles is about Governor Cuomo. Right. And so there's this big movement that he should be removed, he should be fired, he should be impeached, he should resign. I don't know that. So if you ask me, what do you think about the Governor Cuomo thing? So I don't know. I don't know him, never met him. I don't know any of the people that are the accusers. I don't know any of the situations. I've never, I, I don't, but now they interview President Biden and they take a sound bite out of President Biden's little conversation about Cuomo and they say, well, if it's true, then he should be prosecuted. Like he should be criminally prosecuted. Well, that's the only line that they play out of that whole conversation right. until Governor Cuomo comes on 
and he says what was actually said in the whole sentence. Now, here's my point. If Governor Cuomo did those things, Governor Cuomo should be held accountable. But he shouldn't be held accountable just by me because I don't know what's going on. They're going to do an independent study of everything that happened. And at the end of that, they're going to find out not an opinion of what should happen. They're going to find out actualities of what happened. And then, and then people are going to be held accountable. Hopefully. But here's the thing that's interesting. The people who accuse people of things think that the person who's being accused should be held accountable. But if that thing is ever found to not be true, why do we seldom hold the people who made a false allegation or accusation accountable? Yep. Right. Because there's, there's, there's a double-edged sword. There's a fire in both of those things. And so there's yeah. a difference to me between a Ravi Zacharias, because you brought up two names, a Ravi Zacharias and a Bill Cosby. Like I go, Ravi Zacharias... This guy was, he was being put on a mantle as right. a spokesman of God. Mm. And it's not that- Spokesman of integrity. Yeah, it's, it's not that what he did is any worse on a tangible level than what Bill Cosby did because they could have done the same thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. But Bill Cosby is peddling and promoting something entirely different than Ravi Zacharias is. So in my, if I you want to hear my opinion on something, which yeah. I just said you seldom get- <laughs> If I live my life in sin, I believe I should be held to a higher, more severe standard than someone who works down the road here at Boeing or Amazon or Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Because I am, I am presenting myself as a spokesman of the Almighty. Yeah. I mean, and the Bible says that, right? Yeah. That we're... Well, and, and he's going to... I mean, I don't know if... I guess it feels like a cop-out for some people, but... God is going to judge justly. Right. Everyone. So he's got the last word. On their own circumstances, right? Like, I mean. It's his, it's his decision. I like right. the way you said that, though. He has the last word. He's got the last word. So I don't have to have the last word. Yeah. Right. He's going to have it. I love that. In fact, that's the perfect place for us to land today. So thanks for joining us for Every Pastor and Rabbi Walk Into a Bar. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please share it with people that you feel like might benefit from hearing these words. We'd also love it if you could rate and review us on any of your favorite podcast platforms because that helps more and more people to hear these episodes. So anyway, that's it again. For, so on behalf of my friend Sean and my friend Matt, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.